welcome to another episode of Celebrity Wine Club, where you didn't ask for it, but we're going to give you our fucking opinion anyway. I'm Lauren. I'm Angela. I'm Nicole. And today's episode is going to be about our hottest and most favorite celebrity couple, Brangelina, and their Mirabal Rosé. I wouldn't say they're my favorite celebrity couple, but okay. They're just for the subject of this episode. Please get on board. Um, have you heard of <laughs> Rhea Perlman and Danny DeVito? Don't even talk about it. Love is dead. Okay, Love is dead. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've taken a brief, I said brief, but we've taken a long a hiatus. Very long hiatus. A 14-month hiatus? You don't have to call it out like that, but yeah, we've taken a long hiatus and a lot of things have happened in our lives. Number one, we are fully pioneer women now. We are fully living this pandemic life growing my own tomatoes canning them growing my own beans making my own (laughs) bean dip i don't shave anymore i haven't seen a man in i don't know how long oh yeah the my boyfriend that i used to talk about he's he's gone now out of the picture out of the picture hallelujah we all have different jobs now oh yeah i just quit my job yesterday congratulations congratulations it was like a really nice way to kick off the weekend just to send a resignation email in and then log out yeah well they didn't email me back anyway but i would have done the courtesy (laughs) of doing it in person but since it's like you know the spanish flu time i can't really go to the office nor would you want to Mm -hmm. even if you could no well Uh, i'm still going to the office but i'm essential essential i'm essential personnel mm-hmm. she is she's the one who's on the on the ground keeping us safe from mm-hmm. that big scary virus <laughs> yeah and you're also a student again yes i am a full-time student and a full-time employee in public health and so a full-time shithead and she's always doing also the, that and she's always doing the most mm-hmm. my uh, therapist was like mm, and it's a new therapist too and he was just like yeah I feel like maybe and I'm like I know I have I do a lot it's like if I if I'm not busy all the time then I'm just dead well we've been saying it for years Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) but now I'm jealous of all my friends that stay home and like are so bored still getting paid and like painting their front doors making macrame that's for taylor friend of the pod pod. Mm -hmm. from the Nicki Minaj episode yeah she and Guy Fieri Oh, yeah. Well, and she, like, yeah, she doesn't have to go to work at all. And, she's and she still, still gets paid. paid. Uh, same with my boyfriend, though, too. <sighs> Whatever. I still have to, you know, like, sit in my panties and pretend to give a shit about all these other people and their problems. Yeah, I've just been getting dressed, um, just putting a shirt on and then angling my webcam, like, from my collarbone up. So I still don't have to wear a bra, but I'll put on, like, some mascara and some earrings, which are... Drew Barrymore said the makeup of the jewelry world. <laughs> Call back. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't even do that much. I I washed my hair for the first time in like six days. Oh, no. Two I, days ago. <laughs> I shower every day. That's like the only routine that I have, really. Um. Well, the routine that I have is getting up at 730 and making a cup of coffee. Um. And then after that, it's just kind of like all out the window. And you know what's weird? It's like the highlight of my day is eating something because that's just kind of how I mark. I mean, that's the highlight of all days anyway. I mean, even outside of Pioneer Woman, Spanish epidemic, COVID times. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that's what I'm saying. Like, that's the highlight of my day, especially now more so than ever. And like, I can't even keep track of what 
I'm snacking on or eating or anything. Like, I think my brain is completely turned to mush. I'm keeping Pepperidge Farms in business. Oh, I'm keeping Mazetta <laughs> in business. And there's not a goddamn, like, pickled item that you can't find in this house. Mm-hmm. You want an olive? I've got it. You want a pepper ring? I've got it. Cocktail onion? Got, got it. it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we're all glad to be back, and you all probably won't notice this through our episode drops, but um, yeah, we're glad to be back and starting again, and we think that Celebrity Wine Club's a great quarantine, isolation, pandemic time. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag quarantine, yeah. Yeah, we're going to, you know, as they keep saying over and over and over again, we're going to get through it together, guys. Mm -hmm. So buy some tires. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't understand all the car, like... Yeah. Really? I'm yeah. going to be buying a car right now? I'm you, side-eyeing you so hard. You go anywhere. Yeah. Like, <laughs> are you going to take a Sunday drive? Yeah, it's just going to sit in the driveway until the tires deflate. <laughs> like, <laughs> like my car right now, I barely can get it to start. I mean, I don't really drive it, but I, when I try, it's mm-hmm. like... Dead. Come on, girl. Let's get going. There's, I have to like, yeah, pump th- the gas. There's a girl that I'm like Facebook, Instagram, like internet friends with. And I guess like six weeks ago, she took her car to a parking garage to avoid hail. But since it's been like quarantine times and she hasn't been going anywhere, she's just left it in that parking garage for six weeks. And she finally went and got it. It still started. <laughs> but then it like hailed yesterday. And she was so mad. <laughs> I just thought that was pretty funny. That's freaking hilarious. I'm surprised it but was also, still there and safe. Yeah. Well, also, like, what a thrill to have to deal with an insurance adjuster. Am I right, guys? I've been so bored. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would be, like, the biggest pain in the ass, obviously. But, like, just to, just something to make me feel alive, mm-hmm. you know? Like, anyway. I don't know. I get out of the house every day. <laughs> kind of over it. <laughs> I'm sorry, Angie. I I know that you're like, it's hard for you. Hey, I'm thankful to have a job and insurance and all of that. So out here thriving. Yeah. Same. I keep bitching about stuff, but I like technically have two jobs right now. And a lot of people aren't that fortunate and like, I should really be grateful. And I do feel hashtag blessed, but I'm also a born complainer. So it's a wash. Come by it honest, honey. <laughs> the grass is always greener. Yeah. Anyway, so um, let's talk a little bit about um, how everyone's been doing this week. Did you have anything interesting happen at all? Did a stray dog come up into the yard or (laughs) um, skunk? Oh, skunk. Oh, yeah, skunk did happen. We have a mama skunk that dug under our front porch and had some babies and then something one of them got into the backyard and sprayed both of my dogs so I woke up at four in the morning to the smell of skunk that was fun but I'm I'm actually a, kind of a pro at it it's not my first rodeo with dog skunk meeting yeah well Dobby is you know notorious for yeah Dobby's been sprayed multiple times Arlo had not been sprayed yet and he got the brunt of it and he was not happy about it well it seems like it would be harder to get it out of husky fur than like coon dog fur too yeah so that really sucks yeah his face is still skunky smelling but and he like barely will let you touch his back half too yeah <laughs> no he was so pissed off and upset about it that he just kind of like sat in the tub and was like mm, sorry mm-hmm. but well dan and i were out like running some saturday errands a couple of weeks ago like just getting some supplies and we like 
went to Brahms and got burgers and shakes. And then on our way back home, there's like a really busy intersection in town. There's like, you know, four lanes of traffic from multiple, like, you know, it's like a huge intersection. And yeah, I saw the, the busiest in the in entire town. city. Yeah. yeah. And I thought I saw a piece of cardboard in the road and it turned out it was like a teeny tiny, it was like a teeny tiny baby kitten. And so like we watched, I don't know, three or four cars go over the top of it. Like none of them hit, hit the kitten. And then, um, like a teenage girl stopped and got it. But of course we're cat freaks. And so we followed her into a parking lot and she was on the phone with her mom freaking out. And I'm like, what are you going to do with that cat? She's like, I don't know. I don't know what to do with cats. I was like, well, we're cat freaks. You can give it to us and we will take care of it. Please hand over that teeny tiny Hershey's kiss, like morsel of a baby kitten. He's so tiny and cute. So we named him cornbread and, um, I thought we were fostering him, but that was, um, very apparent that it was going to be a foster fail after about like one hour with my, um, as soon as you sent me the picture of Dan holding it in his arms, I was like, yeah, foster. L-O-L. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I would recommend if you're stuck at home in quarantine, like it's very entertaining to have a baby animal. So especially one as sweet as cornbread. He is very sweet. And your cats hate him. The existing cats. They're old news. He's new news. He's that new new. Well, they're coping all right. They've been having fun, like, catching frogs in the backyard and hissing at him and stuff, so. Oh, that's fun. Mm. So, um, now that I'm single again, I've been back on the apps, and I'm a dumb bitch for not finding a quarantine peen before we had to go into full fucking lockdown, okay? It has been dry as a damn bone. So, anyway, I was ghosted for the first time ever in my whole entire life. So... Sorry, girl. I mean, that stings, but it wasn't that much of a loss. It truly wasn't. And also, like, I think it would be really funny to make some posters that say, like, you know, lost dog with this picture. <laughs> answers to rain. <laughs> um, you know, and then, like, if you see him, flip him off or something. I don't know. Post him around town. Not worth it. <laughs> Not worth it. Yeah, it's been a minute since we, like, did a sticker bash. Did a sticker, like, a sticker campaign to ruin someone's life. I know. <laughs> that's that's really where the, like, I mean, you sent me that Instagram post where a girl had done that, and I was like, oh, that's hilarious. But then also, like, it's not worth my time. I'll just keep texting his friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. You matched with his friend, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but that's like the new hotness in my life. Mm. That and, you know, getting burrs out of my dog's fur. and Yeah, it's been really fun to live vicariously through Lauren on the apps because I've never used them. And so she'll just give us, give Angie and I her phone and let us like swipe, swipe, swipe. And start conversations and, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Like, I honestly think that they should bring back the whole concept of arranged marriages, but not where your parents pick for you, but where your friends pick for you. And the man has to pay me a fucking dowry to take care of him and wash his clothes and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well, hopefully it's a guy that can, like, take care of his own shit. You have not been on the apps recently. <laughs> Thank oh, God. Oh, that man with the Bubba tattoo. Oh, oh my, my God. God. Oh, and that guy who was clearly lying about his age. There was a guy on there. He had a backwards hat on, and he said he was 50, <laughs> which was a generous estimation for how old he might actually be. I think he was probably 75. I could have Anna Nicole Smith, that man. Yeah, he had hey, a... Hey, that's not a bad idea. He, Yeah, you... Find out what he's got. Do it. <laughs> he had a backwards hat and, like, an oversized polo on. It was pretty ridiculous. Yeah, so, um, you know, 
dating right now is <laughs> I'm thriving. <laughs> there is no dating right now. Didn't you have like an, a Zoom date first date? Oh, God. And it was bad. That too. sounds awful. It's like uncomfortable to Zoom even with your friends. Well, we did FaceTime. Okay. Well, you know, mm, not that much different. It's not. You're right. But the whole thing was that the audio was like really, really bad on his end. Like I couldn't hear anything that he was saying basically. And then like, of course I'm trying to crack a joke and he's trying to be like, you know, serious. Like, what are you looking for in a relationship? And I'm like trying to make jokes about, you know, peanuts and drinking wine in the middle of the day out of a pint glass. And it just, I mean, I could tell from like the first five minutes that he wasn't for me, but well, it just sucks that you're having to go through these experiences and not even getting free drinks out of it anymore. I know. I know. And, like, not just that either. Like, you know, the promise of, like, maybe <sighs> sex, too. <laughs> That's all gone. It's so fucking weird. I think you just need to invest in a Sibian and a VR headset and do call not it a even day. talk to me about a fucking. <laughs> do not even talk to me about a fucking. I'm Sibian. thirsty, so maybe we should get going on the I wine intro. All right, so we're ready to drink the Brangelina wine. That is Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. For those of you who live under a rock or were born like five years ago. Um, it is <laughs> for all of you Gen Zers and, <laughs> and below, right? The Miraval. Rosé from France, and we're going to start pouring now, and then Nicole has some hot info about the wine and, and the, the vineyard, region, the vineyard. The crap. We all know. I forgot the line where I'm supposed to stop pouring. At uh, the actual line? The actual Just line. use your best judgment, you know? I mean, the rim of the glass is kind of the <laughs> quarantine level <laughs> wine. I know. We really need to get the glasses that'll hold a whole bottle, and then we can just fill it up. Go from there. But well, you want to leave enough room so we can do all the swishing and stuff. Yeah, that's true. We have to do that. I've been a real skank, and I have just been drinking white wine out of pint glasses with, like, four or five ice cubes. That's mm. That's been my yeah quarantine. All right. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers, ladies. (laughs) (laughs) Thunk, thunk, thunk. (laughs) That's about how we are. (laughs) You know, after, you know, so much has changed in our lives except for how we pour. Well, it's been a minute, Lauren. Do you remember your four S's? (laughs) Sniff, swirl, sway, and swag. (laughs) Swirl, see, sniff, and sip. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I said those. I feel like I came correct. So Angie watched, what was that movie that you watched about? By the Sea. By the Sea, which I guess was kind of like artsy and depressing. Yeah, not a good uh, like pandemic movie to watch. Yeah. It was very like toxic relationship, but you know. It was very pretty. They filmed it in the south of France, which I think it was very close to where this vineyard is. You know, this is like some thick shit. I can barely see my Modelo can through the glass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I would ever drink a beer before drinking a wine and properly so tasting. This is, this is like a pink wine. It's a rosé, but it's like, you know. It's like a rose gold, though. It's yeah. very, it feels very royal. It's not pink like the rosés we've had previously. It's peach. <laughs> it is, is peach. Ooh, it's dry. Mm-hmm. That's pretty nice. I like it. 
I don't hate it. Mm-mm. So the one we're drinking today is the 2018 vintage, and the first one that they released was in 2012. And so there's been a vintage like every year since then. But um, I guess the first year that they released it, like it was a really hot ticket item, kind of like the Hampton water. Like, so I guess that it was ranked the best rosé in the world in 2012. And it was like number 84 out of the top 100 wines. And so they originally released 6,000 bottles of that and it sold out within five hours. Wow. And it's like not even expensive. Like the price point, it's like 23 to $28. How much did you pay? It was $24.99 that I saw. Yeah. Sorry, Angie, to upstage you. No, it's it's fine. But I was like looking up some of the other vintages to see if we could get them or to see whatever. And so I guess that like um, in earlier years, they only released like certain numbers. And so like I saw people on wine auction sites trying to sell the like 2013 and 2014 vintages for like $270. No, thank you. Mm, I'm good. But I don't even know if like rosés age well. You know what I mean? I didn't think that they were. Mm -mm. I I didn't think that they like had. I think I thought the reason they had so many different vintages is because they would, you know, ferment, cast, and then straight to. Yeah. Straight to sale. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think that, sorry, I hit it, my mic. It's not like red wines or whatever. Right. Know? It's not like you can sit there and age them to get them mm-hmm. more alcohol content mm-hmm. or, you yeah. know, more flavor or so whatever. I'll, yeah. I'll tell you a little bit about this actual wine and then I'll kind of get more into like the history of the vineyard or just like the history of Brangelina owning the vineyard. And then, I mean, yeah. it's, it's a really old vineyard but so this one it's not like some of the other ones where we've had it's like where it's like a rosé of Syrah and they remove the skins or whatever this is a blend of red and white grapes and so it's 50 percent Grenache which is a red grape um 30 percent Senso which is a red grape and then um let's see 10 percent Syrah also red and then 10 percent Raw, which is also which is the only white grape, and I guess it's also known as Vermentino, but in Provence, like where this winery is, that's what they call it is the Rawl grape, R O L L E. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so not only this is like the only wine that they produce there is this rose, and I mean historically they've produced other wines at that actual vineyard but um but since Brangelina took over they only mm-hmm. produced the rosé well and I guess they also now produce an olive oil or they started in 2017 Ooh, mm-hmm. that would have been fun to do like a taste test like olive oil <laughs> dip some wine. bread into some olive oil that sounds yeah. tasty it actually doesn't sound too bad um I am hungry now though no. so so I guess that they like originally um leased this winery in 2008 and they did like a three-year lease with an option to buy and then they ended up buying it and that's where they got married in 2014 yeah oh yeah and by the sea came out in 2015 so i bet they were just hanging out in france Mm -hmm. getting married making movies yeah buying like that vineyard oh i saw that they were gonna make a a sparkling wine of some sort in the future yeah, I'll look that up again. It's on one of my notes. We can come back yeah. around to that. Yeah, I okay. I've been up with the hotness. Like, I got, 
Well, Angie's the one that did a lot of this research, but the actual winery website is so stupid because the oh menu my God, isn't so bad. <laughs> the menu doesn't isn't like about the winery, the wine, blah blah blah. It's like the spirit, the, the sound, land, the sound, the love. The There's light, no way to the know spark. what the hell is going on with that. I was so confused. Mm-hmm. It seems like they probably paid a, a marketing company like a bunch of fucking money to do nothing to just make a mess of their website there's a bunch of like instagram pictures and stuff that like pr- really pretty young people like in a beautiful setting just drinking this peach wine and laughing and you know kind of like where we are now yeah yeah, yeah. in your kitchen exactly like, yeah <laughs> the studio you mean <laughs> <laughs> We have, oh, we've switched where we record, too. We used to record in the pod closet room, and now we record in the kitchen. Yeah. Moving on up. We don't have anybody clomping around the house like a fucking Clydesdale. What's up? So some hotness about the actual vineyard. So I guess that it's a 35-room estate. and um, 35 rooms. Yeah. It was previously owned by a French jazz pianist, um, and he installed a recording studio there. And guess who recorded there? Who? Sting? What? <laughs> and the Cranberries and Pink Floyd. That's kind of cool. That's, they like those they, are like really big names. And it wasn't just like some weird like Pink Floyd. That's where they recorded a lot of the tracks for The Wall. Oh shit! The Wall nice. was like. Mm-hmm. I guess they also have a spa, a jacuzzi, two gyms, an indoor pool. I wish I was there. This place God, sucks. This place totally sucks. <laughs> Guys, can we, can we go? Next time, mm-hmm. next time there's a pandemic, let's quarantine there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll have our own wing of the whole house, and then we'll have an indoor pool, and then, you know, if we feel like it, we'll go to the spa. Yeah. yeah. I will never see a gym, a gym again. So you're right, Angie. They are going to release a rosé champagne. Right. Oh, so it, is, it would be, like, technically a champagne because yeah. it's from it's the proper from place. Mm-hmm. The champagne region of France. Exactly. So, I mean, this is a historic vineyard that's been owned by a lot of different people and has historically produced, like, red wines, white wines, and different stuff over the years. But well, they've got the grapes to produce whatever the fuck they want, oh, really. Yeah. I mean, yeah, in that region. But for now, with Frangelina owning it, they've only produced the olive oil and the rosé. So they have a co-owner, and he's the winemaker, Mark Perrin. Mm-hmm. I think is that how you pronounce it. So he's the one it's that... like Perrin I know, right? Something I don't... very French. I cannot do any French language or accent. Don't even ask me to try. I mean, I just sound kind of racist when I do it, so I prefer not to. I mean, <laughs> if you ask me about ballet terms, I'm totally down. But other than that, I'm like plié, tendu, arabesque, pas de right, double pirouette, <laughs> doublé. Mm-hmm. Mm. I know um, hors d'oeuvres. Mm-hmm. Right, that's French. Mm-hmm. Um. And the hardest word to spell on the planet, probably. H-O-R-S. Derves. <laughs> I think it's H-O-R-S-D-E-O-E-U-R-V-E-S. Yeah, well, you're the smart kid. Horse divorce. <laughs> Horse divorce. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So. Mm-hmm. Any more about the vineyard or the vino? Um, well, now I'm just more focused on drinking it, and I kind of want to get into some, like, celeb talk instead of wine talk. For sure. Yeah, we'll get back to the wine talk here in a minute. I'm making some very 
<clears throat> vocal fry. Well, and, and some we, very detailed notes in my mind about it. Well, we also were like being, you know, good wine girls and we let it open. We opened it and let it breathe for, for 30 minutes. And can I say, yeah, that I, the only place we could get this was freaking Super Target in our town. And I, try I always like even on non-pandemic times I just go like I just have it bring it to my car curbside or whatever it is there. yeah but you can't do that here I don't know why because now you can deliver mm-hmm. alcohol here since the pandemic started and it's now a law which we're super excited about yes Oklahoma is now like cool like is Oklahoma cool now? Like weed and alcohol were like essential. Did during you hear the in pandemic. April like weed sales had like broken a huge record? Yeah, that is so funny to me. And then they made so much money off of delivering alcohol during the pandemic. They're like, okay, let's just put this into oh, law forever. Goodness. And think about it; it's safer for everyone, right? You don't want little Susie getting in the car and driving after she's killed a twelve pack of White Claw to go get more White Claw. No, it's just bring so it much to better me. to call and say, "Hey, I need my goods." So they're putting a liquor store in next to Friendly Market, which is right by my house. Oh, so I have dope. a walking distance liquor and wine dangerous. store. Dangerous. That's super dangerous. I mean, mm-hmm. I have a walking distance liquor and wine store too, but it is scary to walk Alameda at night or even after 6 p.m. when it's still daylight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, I had to go into Super Target to get this because for some reason they can't bring it to the car. And first of all, I was surprisingly shocked surprised nope that's not what I meant to say pleasantly surprised pleasantly surprised that uh maybe like 15 to 20 percent of the people actually had their masks on and um but I got in and got out pretty quickly and it was stressful mm-hmm. to Going say the least to any supermarket situation is super stressful right now well, and I've just been getting everything delivered because I'm lazy and also like I just I have so much anxiety even without it being a fucking pandemic mm-hmm. I can't deal with someone standing within two inches of me and then yelling at me by the way I was walking down the street the other day Angie and I had my neck gaiter on where I had it like pulled up over my face and I was walking the dogs like no big deal just mind my own fucking business in my own goddamn neighborhood and like a nice pleasant evening stroll and this man starts yelling at me and at first I was thought he was trying to cat call me because you know that happens so often and really though when I heard him say something about the government brainwashing me which lol that's rich the government has said nothing about nothing but okay but once he said something about like the government brainwashing me that's when I realized oh okay he's he's shaming me for wearing a mask oh, yeah. in public. That's Oklahoma. That's the bad side of Oklahoma. Like our um government Covidious. leaders are not treating this very well and people Governor stink. Yeah. People are getting assaulted in stores for wearing their masks. Namely Doug, Angie's fucking boyfriend. Yeah. And he's like six four. He's a big guy and some lady in Walgreens. And like we're trying to get stuff for our elderly parents. So we're like running errands for other people. Yeah. And this lady was telling called him an idiot. And yeah, it was really bad. And then one of my mom's old coworkers who like fought cancer several times got some guy at the post office was following her around and like touching her and like coughing on Fully her. Fully harassing her. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so fucked up. I have to say that I actually really appreciate the mayor of Norman, Bria Clark, because she started doing a lot of things way before any other municipality and way before these like state level did anything. And 
like watching her like updates was kind of like a highlight for me because she'd send one out every day. Yeah. And also, you know, like I just, I just, she's kind of a Leslie Nope character for me. Like no. she really cares about Norman, really cares about the citizens of Norman and, you know, Bria Clark for governor, baby. Yeah. She got a lot of flack from our like anti-vaxxer conservative group of people here, but she was making the smartest decisions. Her and True. actually Mayor Holt of Oklahoma City, who... I really enjoyed all of his updates and everything. And then I find out he's a Republican and I'm like, oh, but he's not that kind of a Republican. He's like a moderate though. <laughs> yeah. Like he's yeah. Like a cool Republican. Which is, yeah, rare. Yeah. Okay. If it was a Mary fuck kill situation, like Mary Bria Clark, fuck Governor, or <laughs> sorry, Mayor Holt, and then kill Governor Stitt. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's genius. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying that's, that's my, those are my picks. Yeah. I'm okay, well, for I want state and local officials. I'm sorry. Go I, ahead. I just want to bring it back to wine talk. Yeah, this yeah, isn't yeah. Like yeah. a state and local government podcast. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> no, we had a lot. We have a lot to get out. I so sorry, guys. Yeah, we haven't even mentioned anything about Angelina <laughs> Jolie. Oh, We're speak, like 30 minutes in. Speaking of Oklahoma, Brad Pitt was born right here in the great state of Oklahoma, Shawnee, Oklahoma, and that's mm-hmm. where all my, my mom does all of her grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. I was spent a lot of time there as a child because that was the closest place that had a mall. That's <laughs> true. Movie the fucking tilt is where I spent a lot of Saturdays while my mm-hmm. aunt went around looking at like stone it's for where her. You get your pedicures. It's where KB Toys was. Mm-hmm. Gadzooks. Mm-hmm. I miss Gadzooks so much. Steakhouses, etc. Okay, and let's to be clear, Shawnee is not a big town at all. <laughs> no. These two girls grew up in tiny, tiny towns. Yeah, <laughs> it's, that's that's true. I have to I have to say really quickly though about Gadzooks. My mom reminded me of this story on the phone the other day but apparently I took her in there it was the first time we both went in there they had these red pleather pants that zip up the side this is probably like 1999 to 2002 I don't remember exactly but that's whenever pleather pants were like on the rise um so <laughs> I made her go in there I try on these pleather pants I try on the biggest size that they have which is probably like a size 13 on my like you know womanly body at age you know somewhere between 11 and 13 and they're too little and she's trying to talk me out of buying these pants and I'm like throwing a fit I must have them like it's basically like a sausage casing on me but (laughs) whatever so anyway I guess I wore them like maybe once and I had chub rub I had basically wore the pleather off of the inner thighs after wearing them one time because of my chub rub like my thighs like rubbing together (laughs) So that was probably a blessing in disguise. Oh yeah. And apparently they got really sweaty down the butt crack and my mom had to like, tell me about it. And I like threw this big fit being like, you're just trying to shame me. <laughs> you're just jealous that I look so hot. <laughs> you could never. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't even dare. Not that I was, I'm at the biggest friend's like fan or anything that reminds me of when like was it Ross or somebody has like the leather pants and they're really struggling with them (laughs) yeah and the only reason I'm thinking of friends is because I just rewatched the clip of Brad Pitt on friends when Uh Phoebe is like take your shirt off and tell us which is probably the best line in all of friends (laughs) I think yeah. I mean, I'm not a fan of that show, but whenever you sent me the clip, I was just like, oh, okay, maybe I should watch it. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like looking at this bottle a little more. It's by the way, it's not like a regular wine bottle. It's shaped more like a brandy bottle and it does have like a fat, deep punt. Yeah, it's really cool. I like the bottle. And She's a thick lady. Yeah, mm-hmm. she is. And it's 13% by volume, but it's just like a, you know, more elegant, fun shape, I guess. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was like trying to do some research before this about Brangelina, but I didn't actually want to read anything because my brain is mush, but I was just rewatching some movies. So like, what would you say your favorite Angelina Jolie movie is? Ooh. Like just Angelina Jolie? Yeah. And not Brad Pitt? Mm-hmm. Mm, so shit. Mine is probably Hackers or that one where it's like, um, like the assassin movie. Um, that's the one where they like are on a train and they're like training to like curve a bullet, right? Yes. Yeah. So I would say it's probably for me, it's probably the Tomb Raider franchise. Oh, those are good. I almost dressed up as Tomb Raider for a Halloween once. Like I never played the game or anything, but for some reason I just really liked Laura Croft as a like leading character. The like slight anth- uh archaeology like connection is what got me, obviously. Of course, of course. Mm. Um so Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I also totally forgot about Girl Interrupted. That, that Girl was Interrupted my, that's is also another good the one. The first one I think of when I think of her is Girl Interrupted. That's a really good one. Um, and I think that's kind of what set her as, you know, set her set her up for being like a serious actress who was like good at acting and not just because she was like John Voight's daughter and um, God, whatever her mom's name, but her mom was also an actress too. So um, Girl Interrupted was pretty dank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think other than that, now I just went blank. We're really on top of it today. So Um, the Assassin movie, sorry, uh, is called Wanted. Yeah, Wanted. That one's good, though. I liked it. So the other one I really like is The Tourist with her and Johnny Depp. That was, like, probably the last good one. That was, like, before I stopped liking Johnny Depp, too. Because he's awful. Yeah, and he did, yeah, there's. There's a lot of different he's things, a, but that's a different story. He's a story. real bad boy. Mm-hmm. Um, did you guys ever watch Changeling? No. Which one's that one? Oh, that sounds familiar. Um, it's basically the one where she plays. Um, she's like a um, um, fuck. She's like this kid's mother, but she's like also really terrified of this child. Um, it all sounds really familiar. <laughs> I think I have seen it. I just don't remember. Um, well, something happens though, but she's basically a single mom and she returns from work one day to find her son, um, that he's missing basically. And she's got to call like the LAPD and they have to do all of this search. And then later they find him, but he's not the same. Yes. That was a Yeah. That was a really interesting movie. Yeah. So, I mean, I thought it was like really good though. And it was also kind of scary and you know how I'm not into scary movies because I'm, you know, again, riddled with anxiety every day of my life terrified something bad will happen her mom's name is marshlin bertrand let me see bertrand bertrand um where do you see that on the side it's bertrand it's marceline 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 i just (laughs) she's french i'm like march it's spelled march (laughs) aline marceline's actually kind of a hooked on phonics how do you feel about maleficent I never watched Maleficent. I'm probably going to get pummeled here in a second. But <laughs> I, I'm going to absolutely <laughs> destroy you. Did you see those dagger eyes coming at you yeah, from both sides? Uh, yeah, definitely. I never watched Maleficent. And I just, I, I like Disney villains, sure. But, like, there's just been something about live-action Disney that doesn't sit with me very well. First of all, I'm really annoyed that Beauty and the Beast was basically word for word, scene for scene, exactly the fucking same Why? as the cartoon. I don't know. I just feel like you could have some creative license with it. I'll never watch Aladdin because Robin Williams. Hello. 
He's the only genie. Also, Will Smith looked like crazy. Crazy. <laughs> so crazy. Like that. I watched a preview for Aladdin and that will hit him as a genie will forever haunt my nightmares. Okay. I watched it and it was good. But yeah, it's really hard to let go of Robin Williams as genie. Like and, and Will Smith did a good job, but you, you just can't. I just love Robin Williams. I know. So much. You That's my whole thing. And the other thing, too, about the live action Disney movies, I just like I understand that re- reboots are a big deal right now. And they always will have like their like time in the sun or whatever. But I just don't really like when it's exactly the same movie. I think that kind of goes back to how we always talk about musicians like musicians that play the same show all the time over and over and over again and that's why we're kind of into jam bands because you don't ever get the same show twice yeah but I mean for some people like I thought it was great that it was exactly the same but yeah I'd also like to kind of see someone take their own take on it take their own take yeah you could just redo the script a little bit you don't have to like go super drastic off the rails but that's why I never watched Maleficent because I did watch some Disney remakes and I just wasn't that impressed. I just thought her makeup was cool. Her makeup was cool. They had that palette. Mm-hmm. Um, was it Wet and Wild? They had a Maleficent, Ursula, and a couple of other Corolla Deville. I, I think they both did. Mm. Doesn't Disney own at least like one of them? Disney owns me. Like Disney owns Disney owns <laughs> <Disney's> me. <laughs> Well, okay. So I don't know. I just thought, I mean, I guess like the Brangelina stuff is like cool or whatever. I'm, I don't know. But I, she, I just thought it was cooler when she was with Billy Bob Thornton and being like a huge weirdo. She was like so fucking wild. So I watched a documentary, two documentaries earlier today about, um, one was about Brangelina specifically. And then one was about Angelina Jolie. So like in all of her like humanitarian and philanthropic efforts. Yeah. I'm sure they were really high budget and well researched. Oh my God. It was so fucking annoying to me because like the Angelina Jolie, like philanthropic humanitarian efforts documentary, like it was just so much of the narrator or whoever wrote for the narrator, like assuming her emotions about stuff. Like it was, yeah, it was like not. Like, if, like what you like you wrote into her and never got a response, but you still pushed forward with this documentary anyway. Like, I don't like whenever things are assumed from women. And it's like clear that she's, for example, she gets an award for being part of the UN or she's like getting some yeah. sort of. She's getting recognition for being part of the UN and she's like giving a speech. It's clear that she's emotional about this speech and it's something that she super cares about and she's tearing up. And then the narrator has to go ahead and be like, she gave this emotive response whenever she accepted the reward from the UNHR. Like, I can see that. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. And then the documentary about their relationship was just kind of vilifying. Angelina Jolie a little bit as her being like kind of the problem throughout their relationship or the one who had all of the problems so like initially she was like real wild bad girl with Billy Bob Thornton right she like drinking blood being weird knife dancing I'm sure um anyway but you know and she like basically stole Brad Pitt from a Jennifer Aniston which Maybe that's true. Maybe it's not true. Maybe they were having fucking trouble before they ever went public about anything. We'll never really know because PR is such a big deal in the celebrity world. Well, I mean, it could all be fake. Like it could have been just like a like a oh I don't, mm, never mind. It it could have been, you know, something that was already at the tipping point of being over, and they just 
needed something publicly to push it. That's the problem with that level of stardom is it's true. People feel like they know you. So they're just going to like project whatever they feel like who you are and make all of these assumptions about well, you and your relationship and how you raise your children and your travels and whatever. And like, but it's then fucked there, up. there is that side of like Hollywood PR that really like, well, I mean, the Hollywood dream machine or whatever. Yeah. I mean, yeah, people don't think of celebrities as actual humans it's almost like their characters and like their life is a movie and there and was stuff like that yeah there was one really good point that was made in that documentary which by the way had two stars um the really good point that they made is that a lot of times whenever celebrities get together they kind of fall in love with a character and not necessarily the person so that, which is you know pretty good a pretty good observation, I think. Anybody with two eyes could see that, but, you know, good, good on you for making a documentary about it. The reason I didn't like it, though, mostly is because I don't, I don't like whenever it's just, like, the woman who is being vilified or whatever. Because they were talking about whenever Brangelina was breaking up and how, like, she had all of these stipulations. There was that whole child abuse allegation that happened on the private plane with their oldest son, I think their oldest son i can't remember which maddox yeah, yeah. Maddox, but. but she adopted him before they were together yeah but well, he the, adopted he all the adopted kids. all of I the know, kids yeah okay like and, throwing in like a hot fact hot fact yes okay but um so and then not only that but apparently there were all of these like arguments that would take place where she was not happy about him like drinking and smoking pot but it wasn't necessarily that Brad Pitt was in the wrong for doing those things or not for or for not discussing them with his wife or whatever it was just that she was being an unreasonable bitch which is so fucked up. That's what they were saying in that documentary. Basically. I mean, I'm, you know, obviously paraphrasing, but. Oh, so she was like the, you know, uptight, like, wife that was like, oh, you can't have fun. Like, we're married now and we have right. kids. And like, you know, I'm sure she probably grew up from the whole, like, drinking blood shit. But like, I just have a really hard time thinking that she would just like put a hard line in the sand and wouldn't be fucking reasonable like no one is like that unless you have like some form of OCD or something or a reason or a big reason like maybe he was an alcoholic and Mm -hmm. didn't need to be drinking or what have you but I just think that they painted her in such a negative light that was so like you know Brad Pitt fully cheated on his wife to be with her but we're not going to talk about that Mm. anyway those are that's my that's my info that I have. <laughs> so did she actually drink blood? I thought she just had the vial around her neck. Well, yeah. I mean. Do we, is there a rumor that she actually drank it? Um, I think so. Okay. Well, but he had, like, he had her blood and she had his blood. Yeah, it was like a shared thing to prove, like, some sort of closeness. Does she still have her Billy Bob Thornton tattoo on her arm? I'm curious. She probably got it removed. Okay. Do we cover that? I mean, she has a lot of tattoos, but I was just curious because that was like a big hot thing whenever they got together. Hmm. Okay, well, guys, I think that we should take a little bit of a break because we need to open this other bottle and then we can come back and talk a little bit more about the actual wine and then maybe shift to Brad Pitt for a minute. Mm-hmm. I like it. Okay, and we're back. So I wanted to talk about this wine a little bit since we've been sipping on it for a minute and like, you know, talking each other's ears off about Angelina Jolie and various other topics. So, I mean, like it's rosé season and I like rosé, but like mm, this ain't it, sis. Mm -mm. Not $25 it. No. 
Um, I don't think it's gross, like you were saying, but I do think that the first sip, okay, was pretty dry and like gave you that like kind of puckery feeling that you sometimes want from a, a wine, but not necessarily from a rosé. I only like puckery feelings from red wines. Right. That are extra dry, extra flavorful, mm-hmm. like got a lot of different notes that you can taste. I can't even taste any different notes. Like they have what, five different grapes in here, but I can't. Four. Four different grapes in here, but I can't even really taste much of anything. Plus Grenache is one of my favorite wines besides a Malbec. Or well, a Pinot, and I I don't even really get I a Grenache feel from this. Grenache does give you that puckery feeling, but it's mm-hmm. usually a little bit more complex. I think that's just my main beef is like, um, like I like rosés that are like complex and dry, or yes. that are sweet and taste pink. And yes. this is neither. Yeah, and I mean even the color is not pink. It's it's a it's an orangey pink. It's I, a rose gold. I like the color, if oh, anything. Sure, and I sure. like the bottle. Um, yeah, I like, oh, I was gonna say about the bottle. Like if you turn it upside down, it looks like a wine glass without a base. Oh, Ooh. can you turn it upside down without spilling? Anything? No, just pour still, it on the floor. It's fine. <laughs> there's a little bit in there still, but yeah, That's I get true. what you're saying. I like that. I think I like the fact that it's kind of a it's a rosé that's not gonna give me indigestion or like you know because it's giving me burps. Yeah, it may have been well, the Modelo. I mean, description online is that it's light and has no lingering aftertaste, and I'm like, but I want a lingering. It has no And also, what a fucking lie, because it is just, like, completely coated my palate. I can't even taste my vape. Sorry, my glass just hit the mic. I hope you can hear that. So we have a new setup. Please forgive us for our um, lack of professionalism. Oh, disgusting. This describes it as having um, saline and mineral notes. What's that from? (laughs) This is from Um, wine.com. I was trying to find some info on, like, what some people's descriptions were to see if it, like, you know. Also, wow, you know that you've made a shitty wine if you're going to get tasting notes of saline and mineral oil, right? Well, it's mineral, not mineral oil. Like okay, mineral. So are we judging this by its price compared to its taste, or are we just judging it off its taste? I'm just well, judgmental anyway. I mean, it's just a little bit of both. Like, I don't know. Like, I read a bunch of good reviews of this, and then for the price point and the bottle and stuff, I was just hoping it would be a little bit better. Yeah, I'm just... I'm just not loving it. I'm just Mm-mm. not like super into it. We've had other rosés on the podcast, you know, Bon Jovi's rosé, which is pink. It tastes pink and it's not super sweet. And <clears throat> the price point for that wine, $19.99, I believe, is yeah. that that's you're paying, you're getting what you paid for. And it tastes good for that price point too. Like it, it doesn't mm-hmm. taste like a $20 bottle. It tastes like it could be elevated a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Even the Carmel Road Pinot Rosé that we had from um, Drew Barrymore. That was a good one. That was good. Like, I just just feel like this is more hype in price, and it doesn't have really the the taste to follow through. I really wish that we could have, like, gotten some other vintages and compared. It would have been interesting to see how they shook out. Yeah. Okay, remember. um, Tell me. 
remember Tell the me. skinny girl wine, how it tasted like it already had ice cubes in it? Yeah, like, that's like watered kinda, down. That's kind of the vibe I'm getting. And we did make sure it wasn't like too cool before we started We did, and it. we let it breathe and stuff too. We let it breathe for like 30 plus minutes. This is, this is by no means bad, but like it just doesn't taste like it costs $25. I don't, I don't like the price tag, to mm-hmm. be honest with you. Like... So this this description says it boasts floral and melon aromas while on the palate. It's medium bodied, plump and fleshy with a zesty tangerine tinged finish. I don't I don't get that. I get I a citrus vibe, but I don't get like a florally thing at all. Mm-mm. What I, do y'all taste? Hold in? on. Let me try it again. Let me try to be a little bit more. Ugh. Ugh. The moment no. I swish it around no. in my mouth, it's just citrus. There's no floral. It's too, it's too punchy, in my opinion. It's like lemon rind. And that's right. It. Not lemon rind, lemon pith. But it's, it's, it's sour. Mm-hmm. It's sour. That's what you're saying. And that's what I agree. Well, and it's like, I mean, drying. that's what I, it's I'm... like drying. It's like the white of a lemon. Yeah. Well, or an orange. The thing too, is that, um, you know, like I just kind of expected it to be more like a rosé, but this to me isn't really the rosé that I'm used to. No. I'm like, not really getting much on the on the nose either. Like I'm trying to smell and be like, hmm, what well, I remember smell like? smelling it before I even tasted it because I remembered my S's. Mm-hmm. And I I don't really smell anything at all. I do, but it's still citrusy. It's a full citrus bad boy. But it doesn't taste like if you, you know, actually sip it and let it linger you have that citrusy taste but if you just like gulp it is it bad? Is <laughs> then it, it goes down pretty smooth is it bad that i think it kind of smells like if you put like orange essential oil in hand sanitizer i mean that is kind of the theme of our lives right now so <laughs> that might be why we're thinking <laughs> of it so much hand sanitizer sometimes i'm like i smell like an alcoholic because my hands are constantly but really it's just my hands i yeah. promise you I promise you it's just my hands there's yeah there is absolutely no sweetness to this at all even when you just do like a little sip and go like and not that we're saying that a rosé needs to be sweet because it doesn't need to be but this as far as like the complexity of the flavor it's just sour and dry and I was gonna say a minute ago I don't know if I finished my thought but I like on on the initial sip right it's kind of dry it feels like it needs a minute to build up in your mouth but as you like continue to drink it you don't really get any more like flavor profile. It's just what you see is what you get. Your first taste is all you have. Yeah. So, yeah. Because, you know, there's a lot of wines where you like, you taste it initially, it's got maybe a little funk to it, or it's not quite as crazy as you expected. But then as you keep drinking it, you kind of like unveil more of the complexity. Mm-hmm. And this doesn't do that for me. It's almost like it numbs your taste buds. Yeah. You can't Ooh, like the, taste mm-hmm. it anymore. The white of the lemon, that's the pith. The pith of a lemon. Thank you. So I was just trying to think like if it would pair well with food, but I don't really think that's nope. how what you're supposed to drink rosé with. Like, you're going to sneeze? I She's- sneeze. <laughs> Bless you. I think it was probably because I was like sniffing and being like, oh, you're trying to drink this wine. But to like- me, this does have some pepper notes to it. Yeah. Like. And not in a in a way that's like fancy, like white pepper, but it's it's kind of I don't know, like there's just it just feels like like they didn't really it's it's not a very well thought out 
wine as far as flavor. Well, I'm definitely well, not paying twenty five dollars. I wonder it. No. what the I wonder what the like what was it the 2012 version that was on the wine spectator list. I wonder what it tastes like compared to this. Yeah. Maybe it's just deteriorated over time, like Brangelina's relationship. <laughs> it's a metaphor for their love. Maybe they're too focused on that olive oil now. But maybe. Oh, oh I was just gonna say like I think that rosé is like a wine that you drink like you don't necessarily you're not like pairing that with any sort of meal like it's definitely like porch wine it's just a drink like yeah yeah lake wine Mm -hmm. porch wine yeah juice (laughs) every every beverage have its has its purpose and this one's just for sipping and it's just Mm -hmm. just not for me babe i mean it is how many percent like 13 13 which i think is a little on the nose or a little high for a rosé I can't remember vividly what we've had in the past, but I know red wines are traditionally like a 13, 14. White wines tend to have a little bit less of a percentage. Like 10 to 12. Yeah. What you mean for white wine or reds? White. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're saying the same thing. But like rosés kind of like fall into the white category. So this is a pretty. I mean, yeah. Like you can kind of like definitely taste the alcohol in this. So, which we determined at one point in time that we do like when you can taste a little bit of the alcohol, like that's kind of how you know it's alcohol. You know I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> that's also our personalities and maybe some other things Look, it's not a going value on. judgment, okay? <laughs> hey, it's the time of the pandemic, so we have an excuse. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, um... Okay, well, I'm going to continue to, like, drink this. Oh, I looked it up. Hampton Water was also 13%, so, Mm -hmm. I mean. Yeah, but the taste of that guy. That guy. (laughs) That guy tasted good. So good. Well, I just think that it was a bit more Mm well-rounded. This, to me, like, they, they, I feel like they just talk it up and and type it up to make it seem like it's more than what it is. I mean, it's, like, so artsy you can't even understand the website (laughs) i wonder what this would taste like if we poured it over ice and mixed it with some sprite i mean let's put it in the blender i do love a frozen beverage in the middle of Mm -hmm. fucking spring so i mean Mm. he is an oaky he might go for it Mm. i I think he would approve i think brad pitt would totally approve (laughs) so one of the tastiest beverages speaking of frozen stuff that i have had lately is i mixed like the luxembourg original maraschino cherries that are like 14 dollars a jar it's stupid but they're the syrup of those cherries is Mm -hmm. so thick it looks like period blood it and i don't mean that in a negative way like it's good. Okay. Good. Well, I mixed the period blood syrup from those marriages. <laughs> it's Angelina Jolie and yeah. Billy Thornton's <laughs> blood. I mixed that with frozen strawberries and champagne in a blender. Girl, that was good. Okay. Well, let's talk about um, Brad Pitt a little bit. All right. Okay. Um, Angie, what's your favorite Brad Pitt movie name? Oh, you're making me start. Well, you don't have to if you don't want to. This isn't a dictatorship, but I well, mean, I'm just curious to know what you what you like. Okay, so it's really. I feel like our tastes are all vastly different. The, I just it's hard to start on any of them, but I will start with one that has a special place in my heart. Interview with the Vampire. It's a good movie. I was like, you know, coming of age. Uh-huh. When it came out. What year did it come out? I forgot. Like, I think it was in the 90s. And Antonio Banderas. Who? 
baby. Interview with a vampire. Well, thing has, has young Kiki Dunst in it. Yes, it oh, does. It does. Yeah. yeah. 19, I love Kirsten Dunst. 1994, I was 12 when it came out. What? I was right. I said 1994. Look at you. Good job. <laughs> um, I don't know if you guys know this, but we're going to be handing out awards to each of us for best whatever. We have a plenty of categories planned, and um, Nicole's going to get best guess at years. Mm-hmm. Best, best <laughs> years. Also, guess. like best memory, but whatever. <laughs> that's, that's a category, Angela. We're okay. making this. I'm just making this up right now. <laughs> Can I tell you my story? I'll try to make it concise. I'm, Please. It's going to be hard after this wine. You Please. don't have to be concise. Take your. All we have is a fucking time. (laughs) (laughs) So I was 12 when it came out. And of course it had Tom Cruise in it. Like pre, we all hate Tom Cruise. Scientology crazy Tom Cruise. Yeah. And, um, well, let me tell this quick story first. My good friend, one of my best friends in high school and I, um, on her parents' computer, like, before Google was still dial up and all that. Like we ask Jeeves. I don't even Yahoo remember. search AOL. This was a 1990 something. I don't know what was around. I don't remember. AOL, I bet. AOL, anyway, please continue. Definitely this AOL. Is, it was this AOL. Is, this is not what this is about. Please but we continue. were like, it was my first time ever like trying to look up anything like kind of racy. Like, and we looked up because even when I say that, I want to say I Googled, but like I said, it wasn't around. We were like trying to find naked pictures pictures of Brad Pitt. We never did. We didn't find any <laughs> porn. We didn't find anything, but we found some like shirtless pictures of him. So, like, ooh, that's enough to get my teenage, teenage loins blowing. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially um, at so interview with the vampire like you know back when tom cruise was still it's a, hot it's and got a nostalgia vibe brad pitt i have a family that lived in nola and so we went down there to visit them and we went to go visit a plantation and it happened to be the one where they filmed interview with a vampire that's cool so i took a bunch of pictures with my like you know like film camera and I I know I still have this picture but one of the rooms I took a picture and like you know it's like a tour so all the beds and everything's made up but in my picture one of the beds is all ruffled up like somebody had been like one of the laying in it it was like a ghostly picture of Brad Pitt on all fours (laughs) (laughs) and it was like me as an adult no I'm kidding (laughs) but they told this story I, I can't remember remember it all the way but like basically like brad pitt like hung out like the people like owned this airbnb not airbnb that wasn't around then either but a bed and breakfast like down the road a rental of some kind it was another like kind of big home and he like stayed there and made friends with them and stuff and i i guess like tom cruise was like being like flown in by a helicopter every day for all of this stuff so we oh, actually of course he was I way know. to flex your fucking weenie fucking tom cruise Fuck off. tiny little weenie i don't know <laughs> i'm just saying that um but I mean, that was like my first introduction to considering oh, all maybe the action tom cruise isn't anyway but yeah i'm maybe he ain't shit <laughs> <laughs> he ain't shit compared to our oaky well, I feel like I kind of buried the lead here with you guys, too, because I also have a Brad Pitt New Orleans story. I actually met Brad Pitt one time. Shh. 
in I, New Orleans. How long have I known you and why wasn't this the first story you told so, me? I knew about this. So, Whenever I first met her, she couldn't shut up about all the celebrities that she had met bragging constantly. Well, Clinton, bitch, bragging. listen, you, um, actually, I <laughs> met him after I met you, so you're lying. <laughs> So I was in You're New- not allowed to riff your friends. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so I was in New Orleans um, because like the Clinton Foundation has a thing called the Clinton. The Clinton Foundation? Clinton. <laughs> the Clinton Shut Global up. Initiative. And then they have the Clinton Global Initiative University. And it's all about social entrepreneurship. And in so, Little Rock, Arkansas. Yeah, baby. Yeah. So um, they had the Clinton Global Initiative University in New Orleans. And I think it was like in 2009. So it wasn't that long after Katrina had happened. Mm-hmm. and like you could apply um with other people from your college if you had like a social entrepreneurship program or project that you wanted to um like advertise and to like learn more about how to get that off the ground but <clears throat> so one of our projects that day was like down in one of the wards that had been really affected by the um by the hurricane and so they had all of us like I don't know how many college students were there probably 250 of us or more and so our whole thing was that we were going to wear the Clinton Global Initiative t-shirts and we were going to go and do cleanup it was all a fucking PR stunt first of, of all because they were going to bulldoze all of those homes so they were having us like pick up trash but it was just for pictures it was so stupid it was such a waste of time but I guess Brad Pitt had like had some foundation down there for Katrina cleanup so it was him and Bill Clinton walking around together which I've always heard that Brad Pitt is not a very big man but like especially compared to Bill Clinton he is very small and I met him and shook his hand and he was the same same height I am and I'm like five seven a hair like five six and three quarters let's round up Mm -hmm. yeah i mean he was cute and all his face was a little bit more weathered it's not like i actually got to talk to him or anything but i mean technically i have touched him so wow and unfortunately Mm -hmm. due to the pandemic she's washed her hands since then (laughs) before that no but Mm -hmm. recently yes nice (laughs) nice one hot stuff (laughs) so what is your favorite brad pitt movie well i mean it's not one where he's actually like the star. I mean, both of mine really are ones where he's not the star. So definitely Thelma and Louise. Hello. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. Of course. We've got to like mm-hmm. come back and highlight that one. Little hottie with a body. And then Burn After Reading is fucking hysterical. Oh my God. That is such a great conspiracy movie. It's just so funny too because he plays like a total like airhead. He yep. plays like. He's just, like a gym, um, a personal trainer, yeah, right? Yeah. He's just a yeah. total airhead. And it's really, really funny because usually he's like the hunk or like really serious or, you know, it's all. Well, he's played so many different roles. I know, but, but usually... that one is was kind of like a surprising one because he was just like dumb as a fucking box of rocks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it was kind of a departure. It was a good character for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, well. Since you guys didn't ask, I'll tell you, like, my favorite Brad Pitt movie is Snatch. He's not a star, really, of that one either. Like, he's, he's a also long... kind of an idiot in that one. Well, well he's a caravanner. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he's, like, into fighting and just the accents in that one alone. Oh, my God. It's a good movie for a lot of reasons. Like, I'm not usually an action movie kind of girl, but 
for some reason, like, I really appreciated this movie. It's, like, got a lot of good banter. The plot's really good. Also, those dudes who are trying to, like, take over that, like, bookie. <laughs> that, like, subplot. That is so funny to me because they're such idiots. It's like a farce almost. So what about, if you're talking about action, like, what about um, Fight Club? I, so here's the thing. I had like a big love affair with Chuck Palahniuk, especially when I was like coming out of high school and going into college, Mm -hmm. but none of the movies based on Chuck Palahniuk books are as good as the books. And that's kind of a common theme for a lot of books, a lot of movies based on books. Yeah. Yeah. Plus I feel like, well, the themes of Chuck Palahniuk's books are like always like, it's like edgy and like shocking. And there is like a lot of toxic masculinity, but I feel like he's saying a lot about it except for, yeah, it's like a bunch of edge Lord dudes reading it and they don't actually think about it that deeply. So the thing is, um, it's all like kind of milk toast by comparison to what he's actually doing in the book. Well, here's the thing. I mean, it's just like some other stuff. Like I like the books, but it's like the same with Doctor Who, I will yeah. say. So I like Doctor Who and yes. I like Chuck Palahniuk books. I do not like other people who like those things, so I will never advertise no. that I like them. Absolutely and then, not. Like, pe- people who are really into it are just pretty annoying. So Yeah, and I, I, I like what you're saying about how there's like a d- deeper mentality to the book and like the toxic ma- masculinity and how like, you know, usually those characters, the main characters are kind of schooled in their roles and then you have to like go with them on this journey but in the movies they don't really present it in the same way yeah so and chuck polonick is also how nicole and i are friends mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. i do um want to bring up um another movie that i really love which is running with scissors which yes. i love the book and i love the movie which is a rarity for me but um brad pitt had a producer credit on that movie and that I mean, it starred Gwyneth Paltrow, Paltrow and like so many other like main, um, not main, but like uh, big names. And I just, I just, I just loved it so much. Like Augustine Burroughs as a writer is like not one to be scoffed. Mm-hmm. I think we want to go into his like producer credits, but can we rewind to Thelma and Louise? Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Because I think that was one of his big breakout roles. And um, actually, it was really funny because when Thelma and Louise are coming through Oklahoma is when they meet Brad Pitt. I know. It's like interesting. So like coming right? back to his roots. Uh-huh. And I saw this article because it's the anniversary, right, of Thelma and Louise yeah, this so weekend. Memorial Day weekend, baby. Mm-hmm. 1991. So, so what is that? 29 20- years ago? I was going to say 19 years ago. Oh, my God. Well, you got the nine right. <laughs> you Damn. got the nine right. Why am I so old? <laughs> yeah. So, and there's this article article that came out that I didn't fully read and I sent to the ladies and so I had Nicole read it for me it was just basically (laughs) going on about like the archetype like um of like masculinity and stuff and how um like Thelma and Louise were dealing with like like the horrible ex-husband and then the rapist and then um Brad Pitt comes along and he is like attractive and sexy, especially with his shirt off, but it's like a thinner, leaner thing. It's not like a total meathead. And like they find uh-huh. it really refreshing because he seems to be more respectful of women, but then it turns out really to not be the case. But um, I don't know. I just think that like that character specifically was just like another archetype of man that they were 
talking about in the movie it was like kind of a change for the time yeah because he wasn't like super hunky and muscle bound he wasn't hairy like he was kind of goofy that Mm -hmm. character was pretty goofy too so what i thought was interesting about his character too is that he seemed a bit more layered than other like side plot characters that you see in movies or tv shows like there was a lot that was like not necessarily said in dialogue but based on his like personality within the movie so like I mean, I think Brad Pitt's a really good actor. I agree. And I think Angelina Jolie is also a really good actress. So, actor, mm-hmm. actor, it's all It's all the same. Yeah. Mm-mm. We're not gendering it anymore. Nope. Well, he is like the EP on a lot of things that I really like. He was the one of the EPs on If Bill Street Could Talk, Angie. Mhm. He was also an EP on VOA. Um, I was going to bring that up. Thanks Sorry. for taking it away from me. But, yeah, so he actually has a pretty, like, interesting resume when it comes to his, like, producer and EP credits. Definitely. Like, The OA was one of my favorite sci-fi TV shows of probably all time, or at least up to now. All time, Mm -hmm. huh? Yeah. I'm saying a lot. Oh, no, it's, like, one of my top five favorite TV shows. Uh, yeah. Hashtag like, bring back the OA. Hashtag bring back the OA. Mm-hmm. Netflix, why you do us dirty like this? So, Britt Marling and Zach, or, sorry, Zal, um, it starts with a B, and it's, uh, I'm sorry, I should have, I should have prefaced, or at least looked it up. Zal. Well, I mean, it's not the OA's one, so I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bat, yeah. I don't, Bat. Um... Batman Jillige. I butchered that. I butchered the fuck out of that. But at least I tried. Anyway, like they so they came to Netflix with like an entire premise for an entire series. Like they didn't just have like a pilot or a season like they had an entire series written down for Netflix and it had all these different elements to it. So it was um, It's supposed to be five seasons, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They only got two. They only got two. And which I, th- we can come back to talking about the plot if we want to, but I just think it's really fucked up because one of the reasons that Netflix canceled the TV show is because they thought that it was a little too out there and a little too weird for the like mainstream to like grasp and enjoy. But then you have shows like Devs or Tales from the Loop. Well, or, those, well, Devs is Hulu. Tales from the Loop is Amazon. But then yeah. they have that like midnight gospel show where it's just like a podcast animated and it's like all trippy and shit. Like, yeah, I, I I watched that. And like one of the episodes is just him like on this like weird clown planet where he's like talking to these weird like dog buffalo things about like the Tibetan theory behind love. And not that it's a bad thing. I'm just saying, like, that's not too out there. You, like, went ahead and pushed that through, but you're not going to consider keeping around this other TV show that is really beautifully done. Speaking of Tibet, what about seven years in Tibet? Mm. Is it it Tibet? Taipei? (laughs) (laughs) Taipo. It's Tabo. Tabo. I love working out that. Speaking of Billy Blake. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Seven Years in Tibet's a depressing movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? That's the two girls that like get caught up like smuggling cocaine, isn't it? And they go no. to prison. No. That's Broke Down Palace. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> That's like Claire Danes, right? I don't fucking know. And I will say I don't like Claire Danes as an actress. Don't. Okay. Let's just 
stop that conversation. And I'll cap it there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, okay. So I was just looking kind of over his producer credits and it's pretty cool because like, obviously he has like the money and the clout to kind of produce any project that he wants. And, and you can see that some of them are kind of like passion projects. Like, you know, well, they're not yeah. going to be big ticket items. Exactly. Oh, like the Beale Street. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Which is a passion project for me. Yeah. There's like some cool indie films that he's produced. Oh, yeah. And he produced Kick-Ass. Uh, yeah so he's got, a, uh, he's got a big resume as a producer as an actor like he's done some good stuff but can we just talk for a minute about once upon a time in hollywood yes that was his most recent award right for best supporting actor yeah mm-hmm. i haven't watched that. oh wait you didn't like it did you so it's a quentin tarantino film but it's not <laughs> really it's not really reminiscent of like your typical idea of a Quentin Tarantino film. I yeah. mean, it it is at the end, but mm-hmm. like throughout with his like development of his relationship with Leonardo DiCaprio's character, like you kind of forget that you're watching a Tarantino film. That's what I loved about it. Doug and I watched it and we were like, okay, Quentin Tarantino film. And then like, it's based off of a well-known true crime story that we all know. Manson family. Yeah. And so, but then there's some parts that I didn't remember from like the whole Manson family, like the farm thing and stuff. Well, first of all, in Tarantino's like, you know, super aggrandized version of what happens, like the Folger fortune heiress and her husband as well as Sharon Tate make it out alive. Yeah. And Brad Pitt is their savior, which is fine. I loved that twist. I, cause the whole time I, I forgot is a Tarantino film. And so I'm watching it and I'm like, wait, something's off here. Did they kill the neighbors? I'm like, what's going on? And yeah. then the killing starts. And I was like, Oh fuck! This is a Tarantino film, and Doug was like, "Yeah, I forgot." And yeah, like, where he has like the flamethrower and the chick yeah, in the pool. Yeah, like, it's like a I really like that whole surprise because you kind of get into it as like a period piece, like a retelling of this like true crime, and then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, no, I totally get why you would be into it, but for. Me, personally, I felt so bored throughout the whole thing. Really? I just don't really feel like a whole lot happens within the first hour of the movie, except that you see that Leonardo DiCaprio was super washed up, which I don't think you could have... I don't think you needed a whole hour to dedicate to that storyline. No, I really like the storyline, because it kind of goes in and out of the, uh, like, reality of being an actor, or just, like, also his character. So it shows how you can... (laughs) What we were talking about before, how you get actors confused with their characters. No, totally. But the other thing that I will say that I did truly enjoy about it is there's this whole scene where um, Leonardo DiCaprio's character is about to film this, like, this western basically and he's cast typecast as like a mexican um it wasn't a cartel at the time it was the 60s but he's basically a mexican like yeah exactly so anyway he's sitting outside he's rehearsing his lines he's like you know talking to himself with that little girl and he's talking to that little girl and she basically like schools him so fucking hard Mm -hmm. about acting in general and that's when you kind of like really get a glimpse into how like he's been riding this wave of his former fame to get him from one spot to the next as far as like his career choices and it was that was a really good scene yeah I don't know I I know you didn't 
love the movie, but I loved the movie. I didn't love the movie, and it's the only reason is that I just I just feel like with so much of Tarantino shit, it's just so long winded, and it doesn't necessarily have to be. It's a visual film. I would like to see another foot fetishist's um, take on. This. <laughs> 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 I'm sick of Tarantino. I'm sick of Polonek. Like, please, um, I want another opinionated white man with um, a foot fetish to tell me some stories. Just kidding. <laughs> I would you. like some brown and queer people to get to tell theirs. <laughs> yeah. Well, this kind of like beckons back to um, some other things we've discussed on the pod, like how. Netflix keeps, you know, like white because, OK, so with the OA, for example, Britt Marling is a blonde lady. And then um, Zal is a brown I will, man. <laughs> I will not try to butcher that last name again. But yes, he's a brown man. And they like, you know, can hit their shit so fucking fast. Yeah. But then anything put out by a by a white man, Adam Sandler, for example, or mm. I mean, we could name a hundred fucking yeah, names no, right I here, completely but. agree. Like when I was watching, I was like, I forgot I'm not supposed to like Quentin Tarantino anymore. Well, I mean, it's <laughs> like, fine. I'm sorry, but he's a really good filmmaker. But no, I totally completely understand and i don't i don't know there's like debates back and forth about separating art from the person who makes it but i just well i just don't want to be that kind of person i feel like there's a line that you cross like it's called like cultural competency like if you talk about not cultural competency that's not the word i'm looking oh my god i was like eating up everything you were saying with a spoon you could have just kept going no it's um relativism cultural mm-hmm. relativism oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so if you're talking about like uh female genital genital mutilation mm-hmm. well there's like it's a line that you can cross to where it's like crossing over and breaking it into human rights but some people are uh, it's like the political system some people are on the far left and some people are on the far right and some people will argue that like male circumcision is just as bad i mean it kind of is though but also if it's normalized because it's, that's our culture. That's our mainstream. And that's been going on for But also ever. male circumcision, like, um, keeps from STIs being spread. So it's there's a cleanliness the thing. Yeah. So there's, there's yeah, both camps. But, but and then it's, it's like. But it's not really at this point because there's running water and free access to condoms. So Yeah, no. I mean, yes. We're not going to talk not, about the realism. We don't have to go into that but yeah like you're saying separate the art from the person but at what point is it too far Mm -hmm. see i just i don't like the whole separating like the art from the person like i don't think you should support somebody who's a fucking terrible person you know like like louis ck and his bullshit yeah i mean we're getting way fucking off topic if i have to i'm just gonna point that out right now but i'm Mm -hmm. just saying like you know louis ck like he was kind of disgusting to several female comics oh kind of disgusting he was disgusting to a lot of female comics especially like you know pulling his pants down and like showing his weenie to people who like did not ask for that which yeah and and i i can't separate him anymore from like the art that he's created i loved his tv show louie i thought it was really funny and really well done but i can't rewatch that now after that's happened Mm-hmm. And I really like Pamela Alden. Adlin. Yeah. What? How do you say her last name? I don't know, but I really like her show too. And he's a producer. And on he's it. a producer on it. And I just feel like it's kind of tainted for that reason. And their person in, in their personal lives, they're good friends. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure she probably has a different take on the situation than anybody else. But at the same time too, like, but then there's people like Woody Allen. 
and he made some amazing Roman films. Polanski. Fucking but Roman Polanski. Here's the thing. He was a he's a chomo. Here's the thing, like, with people like that, it's like, yeah, Woody Allen really did the wrong thing and is a super pervert. But then, like, people try to take sides on Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, and it's like, that was their fucking own relationship. Yeah, like, that's different. That's different. We don't think any, I mean, yeah, I mean, and I guess he was accused of child abuse, but that was never proven. The FBI got involved and couldn't prove it. Yeah, and so... Anything that any beef that has with either of them, it's their own personal relationship type well, of thing. Not, I mean, I think interpersonal stuff is different than like, you know, illegal sexual assault. Yeah, of course. Child abuse. Of course. Completely. Child sexual assault. Yes. Yeah. But, you know, the thing is, too, is that I just I you have to wonder like how different things would have been if they weren't, you know, mega celebrities too. like would that allegation have even come out? Would there have been this whole back and forth for custody? Like, would they even have been in a relationship? Would they? Like, would they? Though, like, I mean, they for a minute they were kind of like the Beyonce and Jay Z of the acting world, and and mm-hmm. then that whole facade was sort of shattered. It. Well, here's what I will say. Um, Go for it. Everything about their personal lives, their interests, their humanitarian efforts, their films, yeah, their whatever are a lot more interesting than this fucking wine is yeah i fucking agree with you i'm really disappointed i kind of i i kind of expected it to be a little bit subpar just because Mm -hmm. it's so widely available like you can get it at target that's where we got it from well i mean not to always harp on boda box which is like bay for me but like their rosé is better than this like and their rosé is not great either that and that's saying so it's saying a lot i'm not willing to buy a boda box full of rosé you can buy the little you can buy a brick yeah i mean i've had the bricks you can buy like the little tetra pack like the little oh yeah yeah. Yeah, like the festy pack Mm-hmm. The one you can fit in your purse. Mm-hmm. Or the one that you take while you work, walk through security. Or that didn't work the for one me you at the Lizzo keep in your desk show. at the office. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> That's like my last job when I asked my coworker, like, how long do you think it would take to get fired if I just keep some desk wine? I never tried it, <laughs> but I was about to that point. It's uncertain times, I mm-hmm. feel like. No, this was, this was when we were recording. I feel before. like if you were trying to. I'm sorry, I have the hiccups. Push your limits, you could. I mean, yeah, I'm not now. Currently, I really enjoy my boss and my coworkers and my position. But So are you guys ready to rate this wine even though we kind of have? Yeah, so I think you guys know my opinion of this wine. It's pretty sour. It doesn't have any complexity. It doesn't have any, like, wild characteristic that you can just pinpoint to enjoy. It's just so... It's just so one-sided. It's one note. And for $25, it's a sad note. Um, what do you what do you what do you think, Angie? Well, I'm the one that had to sacrifice my life to go get it. <laughs> to go get it. And so for $25 a bottle and doing that, like totally not worth it. Um Absolutely not. Yeah. I I will say yeah, it was a little too citrusy, but for like a lighter wine, I will say that I don't have like the sour stomach feel. So that's the positive for it. Okay. Um, it was another positive note is it was easy to throw back. 
So, I mean, to there's... each his own, because yeah. I did not have that sort of opinion. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, if you gulped it, you couldn't really, like, get the uh, citrus flavor. But, anyway, like, I feel like, overall, it's not worth the price point. I think the... um. The people that produced it are way more complex than the actual wine. I Yes, that's a very good observation, I think. Nicole, what do you think? So I had way more fun talking about Brangelina than I did actually drinking this. Well, we didn't really talk about Brangelina well, as a couple. We mostly I mean, talked I'm about just, their acting careers. Just, you know, for, you know, shortening it. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I had yeah, a lot yeah. more fun talking about Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie and actually recording this episode because I missed doing that. But, I mean, I agree with you, Angie. It was easy to throw back, but it was pretty one note. Like, I don't feel like I could pick out, like, a top note, a middle note, no. like, a bottom note. I couldn't no. pick that out. It actually, when I was swirling it, it didn't really have legs. I thought it, it looked more like when waves. I was swishing it in my mouth, it, like, was, was like, really sour. Mm-hmm. The, well, the I don't... legs, I'm sorry, I'm oh, interrupting it again, but I just wanted to say the legs on the swirl looked more like waves, which I was like, oh, cool, it reminds me of the ocean, mm-hmm. but, like, no, not probably a good sign. Yeah, it just, it, yeah, it just fell pretty flat. I will say the bottle looks cool. Yes. Um, it, I mean, it would be cute in pictures, but I'm just, like, really <laughs> curious. Like, those, like, cute 20-somethings on the website. Yeah. I wish that we <laughs> could have website. gotten some of the, like, original 2012 version that sold out in five hours and that was rated so high. Like, I'm know. curious I mean, to know, like, what that yeah. tasted like. Yeah. It might have been a lot better. It, it might have just been coattails. I don't know. It might have been a bad year, but I guess... <sighs> I mean, it's not like it could have been a bad year for one grape since this was a blend. It just, it's a blend of four grapes, yeah. right? That's it could have determined. It could have mm-hmm. just been like the novelty of Brangeline mm-hmm. at the time because they were still together in a power couple, and maybe that's why. Well, it sold not in out. 2018. Oh, in oh, 2012, 2012, the original yeah. vintage. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I misinterpreted what you were saying. That's okay. Yeah. So, so if yeah. you guys had to stack this up to other rosés that we've had on the pod before, so. We've had Bon Jovi. We've had Caramel, Caramel, Carmel, Carmel will never fucking get it right. Carmel Road with um, Drew Barrymore. Mm-hmm. And did we have one more? I don't know. No, I think it's just the two. Sting? No, Sting had that like weirdo. It was like oh, a thick yeah. blood wine. Yeah, exactly. And Guy Fieri's fucking wine was a thick blood wine too. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so if you had to stack it up between Drew Barrymore and um bon jovi's hampton water where would you put it Ooh, how would you hard. rate the three 180 and zero no 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 like <laughs> rank so for rank. me so no, for me saying, personally like, out of 100 points i would say no we're saying one two three rank. yeah okay. so what i'm saying is that i would probably choose drew barrymore's wine First, even though that might be kind of controversial because I switch my opinion all the fucking time, but I Drew Barrymore and then Hampton Water and then this shitty one note lemon wine. Mine is Hampton Water, which is number one. And I'm going to go with my 100 points. Thing. <laughs> she can still break him with her points because she's fall, fall, fall. And then number two would be Drew Barrymore's wine, and it would be 80 out of 100. And then this would be number three, and I'll give it. 10 points. Eight. Eight out points. Of wow. That's a low because scale. Because for something this sour, 
like I would rather have a sour beer or like, you know, for your punch or for your price point, like why not have something that's known as liquor and just drink that? That that too. How about that? Well, <laughs> how about that? Well, yes. And also like <laughs> not even just just have more notes than one. Have yeah. more notes than a citrus punch. That's that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Angie, where do you fit? Well, I agree. I think this would definitely be third. I feel like that there's been a long time and a lot of things in between the Barrymore and the um Hampton Water. Yeah, I yeah, can't yeah. really remember, but I might because the Barrymore one was the one that was like with the Pinot grapes, there right? The Pinot grapes, and I so, I enjoyed it. I think I might have to do Barrymore, Hampton Water, and then. All right, let the this. minutes show that she fucking well, agrees with me. Mine was also not. <laughs> or you agree with me? Mine wasn't just. I, I talked first. It was style because not only was the Hampton water one cheaper the bottle was really fucking cool and it had that like super cool bottle top okay yes we all kept our bottles mm-hmm. for a little bit and then yeah, we got rid of like them right because we have to microwave mm-hmm. <laughs> so okay so for another rating thing and i think this is how we should close it out we're gonna do another uh, fuck mary kill that is not a local <laughs> government related <laughs> okay so let's do fuck mary kill brad pitt angelina jolie and this miraval wine oh you go first okay so i would definitely um fuck brad pitt um you know just for the novelty of it but i would like to throw it back um to the selma and louise brad pitt and i welcome you guys both to choose your brad pitt choose your own brad pitt adventure (laughs) and i would marry angelina jolie what are you gonna choose a error or are you just like now well just anytime like she's incredible she's a humanitarian she has those big lips she has all of those kids um she well she's done so many other philanthropic things and she defeated breast cancer which we didn't even bring up and then i would oh yeah we didn't even talk about about it i didn't forget about it i kept trying but we were talking too much there's just so much to cover and then i would anthropic is a hard word to say but i've been doing it really good all night (laughs) and then i would definitely kill this wine i never want to drink this again all right angie oh i'm gonna have to go with mary brad pitt which era brad pitt now before whenever well slightly slightly no not that short but Oh, he's your height mm-hmm. just shut up okay shut up nicole we're we're do- talking movie brad pitt where the camera's angled just so okay. yeah yeah and With also no we're talking about a real person here <laughs> <laughs> maybe legends of the fall okay brad pitt. that's spicy it is spicy and then definitely fuck angelina brad bradley <laughs> Damn. Uh, you're doing great. We're getting to the end of the wine here. I would fuck Angelina Jolie, and then I would definitely. But what era Angelina Jolie? Oh, that's a hard one. I mean, she was pretty feisty in the movie that they co-starred together in Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Oh. You wouldn't do the Tomb Raider, Angelina? Yeah, oh, never mind. Okay, Angelina. thank you for bringing that up. Yes, hmm. I would. And she would take you on all those like adventures and the digs and stuff. But we're talking like that's like a 
We're talking more than a one night stand. This is a fucking fantasy world we're currently living okay. in. Okay. How about this? She like takes you into a cave. You guys like do all this rescue mission stuff. Find you find you uncover a ruby, and then you like have sex like in the ruins, and then you never see her again. And then we kill the fucking wine yeah. together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like literally, you kill a bottle of it. Then That's you the artifact you uncover. Then you smash and by it. kill, I mean like chug. Yeah. And then smash the bottle. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to sip and enjoy. Joy and savor. That's for sure. Your turn, Lauren. Um, okay, so if I was going to fuck anyone, it would definitely be Angelina Jolie during her like wild ass Billy Bob Thornton days. Cause come on, like she was crazy as hell. Well, and she was probably fucking. I think good you're making assumptions time. about people's. Well, I don't want to make kidding. light of mental health issues, but as unhealthy and fucked up as it is to say it's pretty fun to fuck a manic person they are wild in bed oh you have you only from experience are we saying this as a woman who has fucked several manic people and has fucked on mania and has been manic herself (laughs) (laughs) fucked on mania like it's a drug I mean, I think that would have been a really fun time you know just like a really hot one night stand and like um, I would say that I would marry Brad Pitt, but only like the burn after reading Brad Pitt where he's like dumb as fuck and I could just pull anything over his eyes. Like I wouldn't even have to pull out my manipulative charms to make him do what I want. You know what? I'm surprised you didn't say that you would marry the like old ass Benjamin Button Brad Pitt. So you can marry the Benjamin that is a common theme in my life, but maybe I do want a companion now that we're, <laughs> we're like really digging deep Do you want here. $10 million or do you want lifelong companionship? But it doesn't go backwards. Like he'd be a baby at the end. Well, as a baby, he started out as an old man. So basically it would be like statutory. So probably we'll just stay with the burn after reading. Yeah, that's just probably the safest. Just, just now that we've got some <laughs> logic thrown into it. And then, of course, we're going to kill this mayor of all wine. I never want to drink this shit ever again. No. Well, that's the thing. Um, Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie, both hot. You can fuck or marry both of them. But uh, yeah. we're in agreement. We're going to kill this wine. We're all yeah. going to kill this We killed wine. it already. <laughs> and I never want to taste it again. I never want to put it on my lips again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. Thanks, little babies. We'll see you next Bye. time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Celebrity Wine Club. This episode was produced by Angela Helt and Nicole Krausen and mixed by executive producer Lauren Swarb. Our theme music is by Grammatic, hashtag digital freedom. If you'd like to send a suggestion or let us know what you think, hit us up at celebritywinedrunk at gmail.com or you can find us on social media at Celebrity Wine Club. Rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. Bye for now. Cheers. Cheers.